Hello and welcome to this podcast. This is Confessions of a Personal Trainer. I'm Chloe, a personal trainer, and my aim is to educate, inspire, motivate you, and hopefully challenge the thoughts that might be stopping you from reaching a goal. So today is a very exciting episode because I am here with Sophie Dakin, a personal trainer, and not just any personal trainer, my personal trainer, my personal trainer for three years, I think. So welcome, Soph. Hello. I'm very, very happy to be here. And that does seem like a long time ago now, <laughs> a very long time. Well, it was it was probably six years ago, I think. I think it was about 2017. Yeah, I think, yeah, 2017. So it was six yeah. years this year. Yeah. Which is crazy. Oh <laughs> but this is this is actually really exciting to be chatting to Sophie here today because Sophie knows this. Well, I don't know how much she knows, but she is actually one of my biggest influences during my own health and fitness journey. Oh. And she has been a huge part of it over the last six years. So this is um, going to be a really good chat. And in fact, you were my biggest inspiration to become a personal trainer. Oh, that's lovely. No, well, I'm absolutely flattered. I don't really feel like an inspiration myself, but no, it's it. I mean, it's amazing to see what you've done, like over the last well, like I say, since I've known you since 2017. Absolutely amazing what you've done. So I'm happy to be a part of it. You are a big part of it. Um, so just for everybody listening, so maybe people who don't know your background, just give like a little summary about you, your experience, who you are. Who is Sophie? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, well, I guess um, probably jumping ahead here. We're going to sort of my fitness journey and why I became a personal trainer. So I did sports science at uni, um, and I actually wasn't that good at sport. <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed it, and I, I loved playing, and I was an active kid, but I actually wasn't that good at any sport whatsoever. And when I went to uni, everyone else that was there was good at a sport. They were either a really good swimmer or they played rugby, semi-professional or something like that. And I just felt so out of place. Like I wasn't particularly fit. Like I didn't even really go to the gym. I'd, I'd, I didn't play a sport every single weekend or netball, anything like that. So I just felt really out of place. And then my housemate that I was living with at uni, she got a job at a gym and I got half price for being a friend. So I got half price membership. Started from there, we ended up getting a PT together and he, we, start, we started lifting weights, which I'd never done before. And he was like, you're actually quite strong. And then I, I started believing in myself. Anyway, skipping, skipping a few bits. Um, after I finished uni, I joined a bodybuilding gym absolutely fell in love with lifting weights and and wanted to help other people do that so that's when i did my pt qualifications and yeah seven eight years later pt'd hundreds and hundreds of people um over uh, in the uk and australia so yeah that's that's it whistle stop tour of sophie (laughs) amazing and you are super strong like i always thought you were really strong you were always one of my inspirations but i remember when when I first joined the gym and I'd done random things in my living room like with a pair of dumbbells but I think the most I'd ever really done was just lifted a pair of dumbbells so everything I know everything I know now from strength training it all came from you yeah 
I think I'd, I like to say I'm really lucky. Well, my, my dad's quite strong, even though he's never really lifted. All he does is like, he'll like chop wood for the flyer and like garden and stuff like that, but he's su super, super strong. Um, and yeah, I think from, I was a, a horse rider when I was younger as well. And I genuinely think it's from like lifting buckets and wheelbarrows, yeah. like full of water. <laughs> like it was day in, day out, hours of like, lugging manure around <laughs> like it sounds <laughs> sounds uh, not glamorous it wasn't but i really do feel like as a as a young as a young girl that set me up like because i was active like it didn't matter what it was it wasn't necessarily like i say it wasn't being purposeful like trying to get strong it was just my life i was just active and lifting stuff walk carrying water like down the bottom end of the field. And I think that just really helped like set me up to be quite strong. So for anybody listening, they need to, if they're not seeing- They just need to get a horse. <laughs> they're not seeing the strength improvements that they want, they need to lift horse manure. Is that, yeah, is that what we're that's saying? What, that's my advice, yeah. Or just, yeah, just water, like just buckets and buckets of water and like lug them down the field. That's what I did for years and it, it worked. Well, it <laughs> is interesting when, um, simple things now, like if I go to lift a heavy shopping bag out of my car, mm -hmm. I know that I can lift that bag. Yeah, yeah. I find that's really helpful. Absolutely, I think it's so, so important. I'm sure we'll get onto this later, like as an independent female, I'm all for that. I think being able to lift and do things by yourself, because like, even from like living on my own now, things come up and you think I'm so glad I can lift that yeah. I'm so glad that I can get all my shopping out in one go yeah <laughs> like, I, no, absolutely I always say to clients think about you know let's say if they're lifting a a 10 kilo or a 20 kilo barbell yeah I would say this is your suitcase like if yeah. you're in the airport by yourself this is your suitcase yeah yeah definitely. I think it's, it's really empowering knowing that you can lift your own suitcase yeah I know I know I'm like that I feel dead proud about doing it as well. I'm like, no, it's fine. I've got this. I've got this. Yeah, yeah I am. If someone, especially if it's a man, if a man comes over to help me, I'm like, no, I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll continue to oh, struggle. No. Yeah, just like lifting it over my head, like, Wah. Actually, in New York, there was um, there was a guy that. Um, so we were we were moving hotels. So we were like going through the subway, and it's all like you go down the stairs, you go to the platform, and up back upstairs again. It's very like up and down, and. Siobhan got two suitcases. I got, I think I got one suitcase and a backpack and a handbag. Yeah. This like nice American man was like, let me help you. And I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. And then I really struggled. Yeah. yeah I should have just said need it. You do need it. I should have just accepted the help, but I like a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. So you have personal trained males and females. Is that yeah. right? Yes. Do you think yeah. it's more than, is it more female, more male? Is it about split? Yeah, so I know we were talking about this briefly before we started, but when I first started, so 2015, 2014? Yeah, 2015, I, my client base and, and moving sort of through the first few years was 90% females. Um, which just completely made sense to me. Like I can, I can relate to a female. A female can hopefully relate back to me. So yeah, that that just worked well, and I was happy with sort of working towards that niche of working with females around similar ages or sort of um, probably like eighteen to forty-five um, was predominantly sort of the age group I had. And then when I PT'd out in Australia, so when I moved there for about nine months, I worked at a studio 
and it completely flipped so it was 90% males which I was really nervous about at the start because yeah, yeah. I was like I was like are they gonna even want to be PT'd by a female mm. but that slowly slowly went away and I, it was just a really nice experience to work with work with males understand that, that there's massive massive differences don't get me wrong females and males can train quite similar in terms of like obviously diminishing that females can't do weights that's complete rubbish um and they can train similar but there's so many differences as well that i think we need to recognize mm. especially when and you'll you'll know from pt and males and females as well so yeah it was a it was a real eye-opener for me to then train predominantly males yeah yeah. Were they? Did they find you, or were they like assigned to you? Yeah. So they. So we out in Australia. Uh, the studio that I worked at. The guy that owns it, Chris, who's absolutely brilliant. He he would find the clients. So and a lot of his marketing. I mean, he was very good at marketing. Still is. Um, he would find the males through his marketing strategies. And because the rest of the PTs in the studio were males as well. I think it just became it's not all all males but predominantly males and they used to do like a the typical eight week shred thing yeah. which is quite a popular thing in Australia because everybody's on the beach well you've got to be beach ready <laughs> yeah. <haven't> you? <laughs> yeah shredded um so yeah they, and yeah they would just be assigned to me and and in that studio there's a a real thing around clients being able to go with any of the trainers and have the same experience yes so it doesn't matter whether they're with me or they're with one of the guys the training is the same and it's delivered to the same quality so that was really sort of drilled into me from the start like we all train the same the programs are the program whether you're with me or you're with someone else the same session is is delivered in what is planned yeah if that makes sense yeah so if it's their session that session of the program then doesn't matter who it's with that is the one that's delivered yeah. if that makes sense yeah no i agree yeah. and that's the same thing that we would do at pod like whoever a client is coached with or coached by we would want the same quality yeah that's we want the same experience for yeah. for every member yeah and i guess i i had in my head like i'm gonna i mean i think this anywhere about anything like i'm gonna over deliver like i'm gonna because I don't want someone going away and thinking, oh, I don't want to be with the girl. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> I want them to go away and think, I, I want to be with Soph. Like, yeah. that's what I want them to go away and think. So I, I just had it in my head, just over-deliver. You've got the knowledge. You've got the confidence. You're strong. Like, you're happy to... I think the main thing that I thought is, what if, what if the client outlifts me and I don't feel comfortable spotting that person? Yeah. That's the only bit of the where I was like, oh... Um, but that actually never happens. No, but it's, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Actually. I was going to say, did you have any challenges yeah. training males? And I was going to see if that was one yeah. of the issues. That was that was the only issue I ever thought of. Is what if what if they are doing like above hundred kilos on a chest uh, on like a bench press, for example? Yeah, and I don't feel comfortable spotting that. But it just, yeah, like I said, there's very, there's a very small percent of those clients that 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 ever have, like they ever lifted that much. Yeah. Um. So it never, never happened. Yeah. And and I like I said, I'm happy spotting above the weight that I can lift as well. Like I'm a confident spotter. Spotted enough people, both 
males and females and in sort of bodybuilding gyms where they're lifting a lot more than I could ever lift yeah. and I've just got used to it and I, just, I think as long as you go in obviously confident and but also knowing your limits as well yeah. where you're, you, you don't feel comfortable don't be afraid to say to someone else in the PT studio like do you mind just spotting this client for me um, on this because I, I can't lift that I think that's that's okay yeah you don't need to be you don't need to go and put yourself or your client in a difficult situation just because you're afraid of what they might think yeah they're gonna be more grateful when you actually like have consideration for the safety of it rather than just you worrying about oh that's gonna make me look bad as a piece yeah yeah definitely i've had um well i remember actually i remember once when dan asked me to spot him he was doing he was going for a personal best on a one rep max squat yeah and he loaded the bar and i said how much is that and um i think it was 190 wow and i was yeah. like and he I, lo- I looked at him and he pointed like yeah, yeah you're yeah. gonna spot me and i was yeah. like you want me to spot you <laughs> yeah doing this amount of weight and he's like yeah um and then i thought okay well the fact he believes that i could actually do no, that that's, that's good, yeah. um i didn't need to thankfully because i don't actually know what i would yeah. have done but um I think when it comes down to it now, it is more of an experience. So I know, let's say if a client is going to go for a hundred, um, a hundred kilo back squat, if they've only ever done eighty in the past, then I will say no, you're not going to do that. Yeah, like you yeah, are, yeah. you aren't going to do that. If they're only, let's say, five kilos away from a, a personal best, or I know they've done that before. Yeah, then. I usually have a plan. So I will usually say, right, you've got two options here and I will go in and say, this is, you're either going to go with me spotting you and yeah. you're going to have to fight that rep and I will do what I can to help you get back up as well. Yeah. Or if they are confident, they might be able to jump out of it. Yeah. Obviously yeah. with a bench press, they can't really do that because it's either yeah. they're yeah. going to lift it or they're not. Um, thankfully, I don't tend to be on my own in the gym. So if they're, if I'm doing a session, there might be one or two other people in there as well. And then we do a, a group spot. Yeah. And that works quite yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think for me, like most of the clients that I've worked with, their goal has been hypertrophy or fat loss. Yeah. And for that, for, for me, for the majority of people, you don't ever need to do a one rep max with no. them. Because strength isn't their goal. Well, it's it's a byproduct of what what they do. And of course, they will have strength gains. But we don't need to be practicing doing a one rep max, like very rarely, unless we just want to do it just to see where we're at or get sort of like a baseline test. We don't really ever need to do it. So like I say, we're we're talking about potentially rep ranges between like eight and 12 most of the time. And yeah, eight rep maxes, like I I can spot them on that quite easily. So, and like you said, there's other, where you are trying to push someone, obviously teaching people how to use like the safety bars and stuff like that as well. And how to properly fail is super important as well. Um, And then when you do have to spot, you're not lifting the whole thing. They're probably still lifting 90% of the weight. You've just got to do the last 10. So yeah. I always love that at the end when you have helped someone and they go, how much did you help me? And you're like, nothing. nothing." (laughs) I just go, oh, you, oh, you. Yeah, I always do it. Just my fingers on the bar. One finger. (laughs) We're merely bicep curling it (laughs) off. So you mentioned that you were PT in in Australia. Yeah. What is it that made you move to Australia? Okay, yeah, so it was, it was, I've never really been a small, 
small town girl. I've always wanted I always wanted to live like in a big city. I never really liked where I grew up. I obviously love my parents and the fact that they're there. But I never <laughs> yeah, like say like doing the same things all the time, having to like not being able to get the bus or public transport just into a major part of the city. Like I just didn't I didn't like that. But yeah, I got um into a relationship back here and I was I was pretty happy and everything like that and that relationship ended and I must admit like to be completely honest I think it was to run away like it was just to I couldn't face the problems right there and then so I thought I'm going to go to the other side of the world (laughs) where no one knows me (laughs) and I can start afresh I can be whoever I want to be out there like I say no one knows me no one knows my past no one can judge me and I think environment is everything and I needed to change mine like I recognised I was not in a good place back here so that's why I went initially just for a change environment switch it up start again and this is probably a deep question for 17 minutes into the episode (laughs) but did going to Australia did it help you find some happiness I'm gonna answer with no okay like Yes, I had the best time. I had the best time out there, and it taught me so much. And I have had the best experiences and learnt so much. Had an amazing job, experiences with clients, learning new things. But when I came back to the UK, quite abruptly because of COVID, I must admit. But the same problems were still here yeah. that I'd not dealt with because <laughs> I. <laughs> because like, oh great, she's back. <laughs> Because I'd run away and I was like, I haven't actually dealt with any of my issues. Like, I just went and had a bit of an extended holiday, really. And that was due to COVID, mind you, but I'd just just not dealt with any of it. And then when I came back, I was like, oh, it's all still here. Cool. (laughs) Are you in a better better place now? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that did teach me that no matter where you go and no... It would like your the the stuff that you're dealing with will follow you. Yeah. And sometimes you've just gotta bite the bullet and just deal with your own stuff before or whilst you well you can still obviously go and change your environment, which does help to an extent. But you're still gonna have to deal with your problems. Doesn't matter where you are. You could be in space, and you're yeah. still gonna have to deal with the fact that you've got things that you need to work on yeah so yeah that's what it did teach me and then sort of the last three years since I've been back I have been dealing with my issues and just facing it head on so I think yeah it did teach me that you can't just run away yeah no I think you need that lesson to be fair um so you're actually going back to Australia soon aren't you yes a week and two days oh my Three god days, yeah. so what's what's the difference this time are you going are you running away this time no this, this, no, this, no this <laughs> we're is, not running away no, we're not running away okay Every, yeah no i love my life here i really really do like even reflecting on it obviously i'm moving away in, in such a short time even reflecting on it now i do love my life here i have i'm extremely lucky i have amazing family amazing friends people that support me to do better every single day, which I just couldn't wish for any more. But at the same time, there's a lifestyle that I like to live. And that does come with the environment that's in Australia. The 
the sun is important to me getting up early and being able to go to the beach that's important to me like I said that more of a, a city life more people more different things going on that you can go to more restaurants <laughs> more food more of everything more <laughs> um yeah just again it's it's I'm I'm not good at settling I must admit I've <laughs> learned that about myself as well so I like to go in and try new places and I think for me Australia this time is going in a different headspace and seeing what I can make of it whatever whatever may come it might like I say it might be I don't know it might be a year it might be two years it might be forever who who knows but yeah going in a different headspace this time so you actually haven't got a plan you're going in there with kind of little plan so far yeah it's really hard to plan out there because of visa situations they're very strict um and unfortunately personal trainer is not on the visa list um (laughs) yeah i know um so you have to be like a doctor or a nurse or something like that which (laughs) i went to an australian immigration event not long ago actually and uh, we were speaking to an immigration agent and he said oh have you got a degree and i says oh yeah and he says oh, well, you could you could be a t- like an early years teacher. Like, you could go and do, like, two years at uni there and become an early years teacher. And I just looked round at my mum and she was <laughs> beside herself. Like, she was pissing herself. She was like... Because on the train, on the way to the immigration event, there was two kids behind me on the train kicking my seat and I swear I could have turned around. And, yeah, they were kids, so I'm not going to do it. But... Yeah, she was like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, yeah, Australia's nice and I'd love to be able to live there permanently, but I'm not becoming an early years teacher for it. I'll stick to PT and then just, yeah, make it work, marry an Australian or something. That would be nice. <laughs> Australian wedding, I will come to that. <laughs> yeah, so that's, my, that's probably my only chance of staying, so we'll see. <laughs> so have you got... Um... Are you going back to the same studio that you yeah. were in PT last time? Yeah, so got back in touch with Chris um, and I'm going back to the same studio, which I'm super excited about because you'll, you'll know from obviously times that we've had a catch up, I haven't been one-to-one PT in for a little while now. I've just got back to it now, um, well, sort of in the last few weeks, but I haven't been one-to-one PT in for a while. I've been sat behind a desk um, working for Simspa. So, yeah, it'd be nice to go go back to it. Be, be on my feet all day. That's what I like. Yeah. Like, this is such a, a lucky job for that. Like, it's nice to be able to work from home and work on your laptop. But, God, I can't get steps in to save my life. Like, it's really hard. Yeah, it <laughs> Now is. I understand what clients tell me about yeah. when they're like, oh, I'm at work all day. And I'm like, yeah, but you could get your steps in. This is me talking as a PT. And now... When now I've experienced working on my laptop all day, it's really odd. Yeah, <laughs> it's really odd. It is. I notice the, the the days when if I'm less busy in the gym and I have more of an admin day. Yeah, and then I might be sitting down and maybe let's say like, record a podcast or something, or um, I'm on calls all day, and all of a sudden I think I have not moved all day, and it's it is really it's hard. yeah, it's shock. And yeah. It's hard, especially in winter as well, because like you say, you can't just. If yeah. I just said I'd go out for a walk, yeah. and it's dark, it's cold. I got into such a like a bad rut like through lockdown, and like I said, being on my laptop all day. And it is so true. Like the less you do, the less you want to do, yeah. or the less you can be bothered to do. Because my fitness went right, right down. Like I say, it was cold, it was wet. Just didn't want to go outside, and that's so not like me. Like I'm such an outdoorsy person. 
and that yeah the less I did it the less I wanted to do it as well yeah um and yeah I've never experienced that before because I just it just all been so easy for me to be active at work or like I say when I had the horses it was just it was just all there but when I, I was made to be sat be, sat in front of a computer for eight hours or or longer a day like I'd finish and I just feel like I just don't even want to go outside I just want to watch the telly yeah um so yeah you really do have to push yourself to like go out and get it done so I do understand like what clients were saying for seven years now (laughs) (laughs) it all makes sense what's your mindset like around training do you have a set routine that you follow at the minute or have you got a preferred routine that you like to follow with your training yeah so I've gone through different phases like as I've trained obviously I competed a little 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 spell of um competing and when I started I had no real plan and I was riding the newbie gains thing for ages like I just when I started training properly and training weights like I seemed to have a lot of adaptions pretty quickly like I got a bit muscle and I could see and I was like you were very muscly you were like in a like a really um a good I mean this, yeah. I would say it's a good way but then I was yeah. trying to think well actually is that the right thing because I don't think there's a bad way no but, there's not a bad you know, way like, at all I would like again I would, I would always look at in fact I remember once we went out for dinner and I remember just thinking oh my god her shoulders <laughs> <laughs> I love good shoulder I love the big shoulder um yeah so I, I'd, when I first started I was I was just anything seemed to work and and I think I'd obviously trained hard uh, and I was training down a bodybuilding gym and the guys there were pushing me which was brilliant and I'd always train with guys and they were like pushing me to to do the weights that I'm that I, I could do yeah so I was always pu- pushing myself but I didn't really have a set plan and then even when I competed I think my coach at the time obviously um saw me we did check-ins and stuff and he didn't really set me a plan. Like, he'd show me different exercises. I think you should focus on this. or But I didn't, again, didn't really have a set plan. So I'm a rubbish PT that I've actually <laughs> not followed a plan for a good, yeah, a good amount of my training lifespan so far. But then more recently, as my, as I get more advanced and obviously you, get, you sort of plateau, you have this plateau with training, after a certain while, I have gone on to more plans now and and really tracking my progress i'm not meticulous with it sometimes i forget my logbook um i'm terrible <laughs> you should just put it in your bag and take your bag yeah. <laughs> um but some yeah sometimes I forget it sometimes i'll start off while in the training session i'll write the first couple of lifts down which i think like if you track most of your lifts it's fine um stuff like leg extension my accessories on the end sometimes I don't track yeah but yeah that's that's helped me to progress even further and just see where I am and then linking on to that obviously I've had a pretty bad shoulder for three years now what uh, happened to your shoulder nobody knows <laughs> shoulder it is like a really funny area there isn't it because it's so, like it yeah. doesn't take much for it to oh I'm shoulder to go. obsessed now like I the, shoulder health is key shoulder health is key um so I've been working with a guy called Tim who owns Dynamic Shoulders he's absolutely brilliant so I saw him at Performex which is like a PT event that was down in London last year they're doing it again this year and Stephen Bartlett's going so I definitely recommend if you can go down in March to that event, it was absolutely brilliant last year. Some good good people to listen to. So he was there and I'd had this niggling shoulder for so long. And also when 
I did my bodybuilding competition, I could see there was an imbalance mm. between my left and my right side that I'd never seen before because obviously I'd not been that lean. I couldn't see the, the my shoulder muscles or the my um, sort of lower trap muscles. So I realised there was a big imbalance there. And for, for a sport focused on symmetry, that wasn't a good thing. And I got obsessed with it. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I got, I'm still to the, to this day probably a little bit obsessed with the fact that my left and my right side is a bit different. I have to talk to myself and say, no one's the same. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. Uh, so I've been working with Tim and he's been doing a rehab with program with me for seven months now and I yeah I've followed that plan meticulously because I was like saying you've got to stop thinking that your shoulder's okay to do the same weights or the same exercises as you were doing before like just strip it back and that's why I've been doing like if any like if you follow me on Instagram I've been doing handstands and stuff which I, I never thought I would have been able to do with on a shoulder before yeah. so he's helped me massively so all I would say like if you don't ignore a problem if, if it's there like go and get it checked out speak to someone and then learn about it as well like the stuff that I've learned about the shoulder now that I can help my clients with mm. and actually strengthening some of the muscles around the shoulder to support the stability element of it because let's face it when we're chucking big weights over our head it's you need a lot of stability in the shoulder to support that yeah. but then we don't work the muscles that help with that like the rotate cuff and stuff we don't do though because they're they're deemed as the boring exercises mm. but yeah it's taught taught me a lot i've done a lot of research around it probably too much nights of watching too many youtube videos <laughs> about the shoulder <laughs> But yeah, so any questions about the shoulder? <laughs> I will be referring people to you. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it is really important, though, like you say, like to to know how to help someone else as well. Like I know that I've had times when I've I've not been training as as hard on my upper body because I've had a bit of a, a shoulder niggle, yeah. or um, I had a few a few months when I had a bit of a lower back issue as well. Yeah. And it's quite scary because you do think, oh my god, am I ever going to be able to do an overhead press again, or yeah. will I be able to deadlift again? Yeah. It yeah. is scary, and then, but it's when you learn about these things and you think, okay, actually, there is still a lot more that I can do. Absolutely, yeah. and in I mean, you're probably back even stronger now than yeah. ever. Uh, yeah, def- I'm not lifting the weights that I was before on my upper, but I think that I'm stronger in different areas. Mm. Like I say, that stability element of it. I've been doing some really cool different exercises that links um like working the core as well and some sort of technical issues about keeping my rib rib cage down and things like that like really intricate stuff yeah that that's hard like i remember my first rehab program i was sweating (laughs) i was like what is this i was like i'm literally like i I don't sweat normally when i do my normal upper body workout i was sweating it was so hard so there is, like you said, there is still loads of stuff that you can do. And like I say, I was obsessed with my left and my right side, like being the same. Mm. I still do get a little bit of it now, but all I will say is like, no, no one's the same. Like, but no. I think it was because I was in bodybuilding and symmetry is such a thing. Like you are judged on the fact that you're How symmetrical. You yeah. So I was... I, I I think I connected some of my like self-worth to that and when I then realised that I'm not completely symmetrical then I was like oh well something wrong with me 
there's actually not like no, no one's symmetrical like there are going to be differences between your left and right for many different reasons like um genetics posture like i said what's what's your dominant side like there's so many different things yes I read something last week, so I follow a lot of um, physio pages, and yeah. there was um, this this post that said, your left and your right side have lived different lives. And Absolutely. I was like, oh, okay, that's a good yeah. way to look at it. Because then I thought, well, yeah, actually, you know, if I was to walk through a, a door that needed pushing, mm. I would probably always push it with my right side. Mm. So I'm already, like, I'm, I'm using my right side yeah. more throughout a day than I do yeah. on my left. And yeah. then I think, well, if I do a deadlift, I... I don't now, I try not to now, but I used to do an overarm and an underarm. So my yeah, left yeah. left yeah, arm I would be under, yeah. my right arm would be over. And then when I had a sports massage lately, the guy was like, wow, your right side is really tight. Yeah. And then he thinks it's because I was being more dominant on the right side. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's why I was getting a shoulder issue. Yeah. So yeah. I'm trying to be more aware of using, not necessarily using both sides more equal, because I know mm-hmm. that it, there are still going to be yeah, still differences. Gonna be differences but yeah. I'm just, I think just being aware of it. Yeah. Absolutely, and and where there is pain or discomfort or a massive stability issue from left to right, that's when you need to go and speak to someone. But for the majority of people that have got a little bit of strength imbalances or or differences between the left and the right side, actually might be worse to be trying to correct that all the time. Because yeah. like you said, you've lived like for me 28 years doing things a certain way yeah and then i'm all of a sudden trying to correct it like every second trying to sit differently and my body's like what are you doing like (laughs) yeah so so yeah obviously if you've got if it's if there's pain there and there's stability issues or like it's discomfort then do obviously go and speak to someone but the majority of people where they've got a bit of differences or your left right biceps bigger than your right bicep or whatever it's completely normal yeah like it's fine um i just want to come back to the competing and the bodybuilding um because i feel like this will be a good topic this is for you as well well we can we can compare notes um because that was i was looking at pictures last night actually because i was trying to see if um because we got a picture of me and you at my show, and yeah. I don't remember if I don't think I saw you enough, long enough, maybe. I was an absolute recluse. But when was that? Two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, two thousand and eighteen. It was. Yeah. So you did a a prep where you you dieted, got really lean, and then yeah. you went on stage all tanned and posed. Yeah. Um. What was that whole experience like? Loved it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Like I feel lucky that I had because I've obviously I've spoken to a lot of people about their experiences with bodybuilding. I've seen a lot of things, and you see things on social media all the time. I had a great experience, like a good coach who looked after me. I did it with my friend at the time, which helped massively. Mm. I think to have that support there. It yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was hard. Yeah, like I did feel pretty rubbish at some stages <laughs> very tired all the time but yeah I had I had a brilliant experience I was looking back on it now I'm so proud that I did it like I don't regret it I've never regretted it like one minute but yeah it I wouldn't do it again <laughs> at the no. same time <laughs> yeah no it's so funny because I'm exactly the same yeah like I I loved it I loved the experience and like there were there were some highs there were some lows yeah um I wouldn't change any of it either. Like I loved yeah. every every bit of it. Yeah. But I I wouldn't do it again. 
And I wouldn't, if someone came to me to say, I want to do a bodybuilding show, I wouldn't try and talk them out of it, but I would make sure that I would try and question their reasons for doing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would be, I would be the same. Like, it's a great experience and you learn so much about your body and what you can do. Yeah. That was I think mentally, I I learned a lot about, I mean, I definitely learned physically that I could get in like really Mm. great shape. Yeah. Um, I think mentally I learned that I was I, I could handle more I could definitely handle more mentally than I'd given myself credit for in the Absolutely. past yeah that's what I took from it it was that because I'll, I'll admit again I'm, I've become very self-aware lately <laughs> I'm not very good at I'm good at starting things yeah <laughs> I'm sometimes not very good at finishing things and I get that taught that ex- whole experience from start to finish like I saw it through and I did everything that I possibly could like I was on the money every single day and that's what I look back and I'm like yes I can do it I can start and I can finish something I can be disciplined myself like so yeah it massively taught me that that I can do more than what I thought I could do yeah yeah definitely and it does help having um having a good support as well like around so I had um, I still had my training sessions with you, so I was still yeah, yeah. Um, training with you every week, um, which was really good because then I was like, sometimes I think, I think one of the things you, you've got to still give every session your all, even if you were tired, you yeah. felt like shit, you were hungry, yeah. you still had to give every session like Just everything a you'd got. Workout. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was obsessed with, um, I would have a banana and a little mini saurine lunchbox it's loaf it's so bad like if someone gave me that now I'd be like what's where's the rest of my food yeah it's so funny um but but yeah well that's another thing actually the food I remember afterwards um like you were a massive help to me afterwards because I know that yeah. when I came out of that show um the first few days and weeks it wasn't actually too bad because I was in that bit that bubble where you're yeah. just like yeah I'll eat this and I'm not going to train today because mm. I don't need to and then I think I then got into um a bit of a spiral where I just, I did lose a lot of control around food yeah. and that affected me mentally. Yeah. And then I remember being in, in quite a, quite a strange place actually for probably about a year, about mm. a year after. Um, and I think that's another reason why I wouldn't do it again yeah. is because the, the transition was hard. Yeah, absolutely. No, it is, it is hard and I'm not an expert on sort of like prepping. I'm not a prep coach or anything like that. Obviously, I've like I say, I've spoken to a lot of people about it and I've obviously had my own experience and I've seen you go through it and seen my friend go through it. But it, it is extremely difficult. Like, I think everybody comes out of it and says that that... that I don't think anyone comes out and says that part is easy, mm. like the actual coming out of it and going back to maintenance calories or even to a surplus again is yeah is that's a whole different competition in its own yeah i think um in terms of in terms of my experience do you know what didn't help me was everybody saying how i was gonna feel yeah because of, it was my first time and everyone all i kept hearing was that I was going to turn into, like, some monster. Like, I was like, like, you're not going to be able to not eat food. And I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to me? Like, I'm just going to turn into some out-of-control human that every bit of food they just want to eat. That's what people kept saying to me. And I was like... Yeah, see, that that doesn't help. Yeah, so I was more in my head, like, thinking Mm. I was going to feel like that. And... I didn't necessarily do the best thing by going on holiday to an all-inclusive <laughs> three days, three 
three days after I finished. Was it three or four days? I think it was three. And I went on an all-inclusive holiday to Mexico, which was lovely. But, yeah, I mean, the food was, was everywhere. And I did put on quite a lot of weight during that holiday but I, I still didn't feel bad after that like yeah. I, I, I still felt like I looked good um, and I actually enjoyed putting a little bit of weight on yeah I was going to say I think you needed to because I think at that level when you are stage lean yeah. that's not a, like a, oh, a healthy no. body fat yeah. level if no. you are in that real lean shape yeah it's not healthy to think that you're going to maintain that yeah. like you do need especially as a woman you need to have that that level of body fat so you probably do need and this is the thing like I wasn't I wasn't concerned about gaining weight I think it was the way I was gaining weight because I was there were there were days when I wouldn't even I probably wouldn't even have a proper meal I would just be like I'd wake up and I would yeah I would just I'd have a bit of that bit of that bit of that all day and then that happened for a few weeks and then I was kind of just thinking oh it'll get out of my system for for a little bit but then I think I actually think I gained about forty pounds afterwards, yeah. but, but it was like, and it, again, it wouldn't even really bother me if I did, but it was just the I think I was just so bloated yeah. for months. It's that feeling. <laughs> it's that feeling of being full yeah. like, all the time. Like you think that that's what you miss. Obviously, when you're prepping, you don't ever feel full. I don't think you're helpful. No, once. So yeah, you think, oh, I can't wait to feel full again, but then when you do, you're like, this isn't nice. Mm. Like this isn't. You feel like lethargic and tired and your hormones are just all over the place from what you've just endured anyway yeah. and then it's just yeah it's it's not fun at all it re- it really isn't fun in that respect but yeah for for me it was it was just coming out and yeah for me it, it was just coming out and recognizing that it was okay to see the scales go up it wasn't a bad thing but also to try and maintain some self-control around food mm. which I don't think I did too bad with I was quite lucky there was for it was a lot going on in my life at the time so I think for me there was so much going on outside of that that I couldn't really think about about yeah. I was moving house there was a lot going on in my relationship at the time so that kind of kept me distracted from like people said, turning into a monster and eating the world. <laughs> See, I actually, I actually feel like I did. I feel like I did just turn into like, I had like months where I just wouldn't stop eating. Yeah. Like I think, I actually think my mum and dad were like, were concerned because I was just, but then I did, and I was very honest with them actually. It took me a while to tell them, but there were times when I would just say, oh, I'm, I'm going to meet a friend and I was actually going to a supermarket yeah. and I would just sit in, in the car park and just, yeah. I'd eat. Yeah. And I, then I'd go home and be like, yeah, I had a great time with made up friend. <laughs> and then, no, and it's, it's like, looking back now, I do think, oh my God. But it's it's weird now because I think, I suppose it's hindsight, isn't it? I would love to go back yeah. with the like the awareness yeah. and like the place I'm in now. And I suppose that's all about growth, isn't it? Like, yeah. that's not the point. But I think, yeah. So like you were saying, I've done a lot of self-awareness and learning about myself yeah. lately, which I didn't have then. Yeah. But that, that's so, all part of the journey. So, like I said, if you could go back now, what would you do differently? Or what would you tell the Chloe in the car park at the supermarket? What would you tell her now? Um, I would... So, one of the things that really helped me around food was... There was a, there's a big shame around it. So, mm-hmm. I, I kept it, a lot of it in secret. Yeah. Or I would say a sarcastic joke about, about it and yeah, laugh it, it off. Funny, yeah, yeah. Um, And I think if I actually was open about it if I just if I was to say to out loud to my mum 
I'm going to go and eat three donuts in the car. Then I don't know what she might have said. She might have, just, she might have said, okay, yeah, great, yeah. have fun. Or she might have asked me why. And then maybe having that like reality might have then made me go, yeah, actually, why? Why am I eating this? And I think a lot of it was because maybe it's because I didn't have access to it for four months or because I couldn't have it for four mm. months. Then I was suddenly like, right, let's have it now before it gets taken away again. I think one of the biggest key things that I do now would be, let's say if I'm, because I still get those moments where I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I have almost like this voice on one side that's like, eat all of it now and mm. get rid of it. And then I have another voice that will just say, well, it'll still be there tomorrow. Yeah. Or like if I'm in a restaurant and I think, oh, I'll order that and that and that, I can just say, well, actually, I'll come back here next week and I'll order it next week. Yeah. I don't need everything all in that moment. And yeah. I think that's a good reminder. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the the split, you've got a couple of seconds before that sort of thought in your head goes to action. And I think that's important to recognise that you have got time to rationalise that the whatever's popped up in your head use that time to rationalise why you're doing it before you take the action so for me that's something that because again similar to you I still have the same things where I'm like especially now I'm living at my parents like I'm like there's so much food here yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah for me I journaling has been massive for me yeah so when I do have those feelings of like I'm just gonna eat any everything I write it down and something that I never thought I would do because I've always just been like, no, I'm fine. I don't need to journal. Like, yeah. But that's helped me massively because that takes that couple of seconds out of that split decision where you're like, right, I'm going to go to the fridge and I'm going to get this. Just helps you write down why you're doing it. And if the answers are, all, oh, I'm hungry. I need, the, I need it before I go and train to help me, like, help my performance at the gym or it would really make me feel better but for how often that actually comes out of what I write is like very little mm. like most of the time it's like I'm not actually that hungry I don't need it I'm having dinner in an hour yeah like all of those things come out and then I'm like really do I need to go and get that box of biscuits <laughs> they're, they're, that is true and I think a lot of the time as well we are so busy in life that there's always something that needs to be done and if there's something that needs to be done we are usually putting something off or procrastinating in some mm. way yeah. that if something is hard so I know that if I've at the minute I've got a really long to-do list and every time I tick something off three more things get added on yeah. and I'm like I am never going to get to the end yeah, of this no. to-do list at the minute so then sometimes when I'm overwhelmed I then think Food is going to be a good solution to the problem. And I'm yeah. not saying it's not, because sometimes it is. Yeah. But it's not actually going to help me in that situation. That's what I have yeah. to think. Okay, yeah. how useful is it going to be? Am I trying to distract myself? Yeah. Do I actually need this? Like you say, can I can I use this for some fuel? Am I going to go yeah. and train soon? Maybe I do need a snack. Maybe I am hungry. Yeah. A lot of the time, it is usually a distraction, or it's easy. Absolutely. Yeah. It, for me, same thing. It's It's boredom. It's stress. It's procrastinating from actually doing yeah. the, the big something you need to do list that i need to do and yeah. it's like or a, 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 a reward like i think oh well, well i deserve it because i've trained hard or yeah something. which yes you could argue yes you do need some fuel after you work out something absolutely but i don't need to go and eat the whole fridge just because i've done a good leg session so there's other ways I think that I've recognised that uh, I can reward myself after doing something or to soothe myself when I'm stre- a bit stressed out. So, like, reading, having a bath, having a nice bubble bath, which I've been loving lately. Yeah. 
or going for a nice lovely long walk and listening to a podcast instead of because at the end of the day when I have had a, a, a binge before I always feel rubbish afterwards yeah so it's never really helped my yeah, stress yeah so it doesn't it doesn't solve it's never it really it adds to it yeah. it makes things more it's stressful ne- it's never really helped me not be bored yeah. it's never helped with any of the work that I'm doing so it, there's, it's just yes it's it's not worth it no while we're on the topic of food one of the massive realizations I had years ago when I start, started PT and with you was how much that I actually should be eating so I think so because I went before I'd met you I went through like quite a big weight loss and to do that I had eaten less so mm-hmm. I don't think I'd been eating enough and I think to be fair most of my female clients at some point have had times when they don't eat enough and it, it's it's really difficult to try and get people to yeah. eat more yeah um but I remember when I first had a, a meal plan from you and I was thinking oh my god this is so much food yeah and I just remember how amazing it was like it really helped me in yeah. fact it actually helped me this is something that is really weird to get my head around where it was back then and I find it's it's a really good method now I think eating more actually helped me to lose more weight yeah this is it's a difficult topic because me and you all both know and lots of people do now know thankfully it's all about losing weight is all about that energy balance and calories in calorie out yeah calories out science that's what it all comes down to in the end but like you said i've experienced the same with a lot of clients coming to me and i advise them on on sort of um meal plan idea or some macros that they could be working towards and they'll just say it's so much food yeah like, that's too much food and I'm like, it's not. No. It's not. You're in yeah. a def- if you eat that, if you eat that, you'll be in a deficit. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not, this isn't magic. Like, I'm not trying to trick you into yeah. gaining weight. Like, I'm not Mean Girls, Regina George or anything <laughs> like that. Like, I genuinely want to help you. So, it is, a di- it is difficult for, I completely understand it's difficult for people to get their heads around. And I think it comes down to just awareness of what you are actually eating and I find that an exercise of clients writing down what they are eating they'll probably see that they are actually eating quite a lot yeah they just don't recognize it yeah I think so I'm going to clarify so what when I said eating more helped me to lose weight yeah what I actually mean by that yeah is when I when I thought I wasn't eating enough or when I, let's say if I during a week I was maybe eating 1,500 I was probably then having 4,000 calories on a weekend on a weekend so yeah. over the course of a week yeah. like that put you in a calorie surplus across the week yeah. from eating quite a lot of the week. so then eating more but every day yeah and being consistent with that that's what helped I remember when I first signed up with you and I was it was when I was um graduating uni and we, I was like right I've got eight weeks I've brought the dress and yeah, I'm gonna get I into remember. the dress and we did like that was my first real like push at doing like an eight week consistent thing because before that I'd had maybe two years two years of weight loss but that was a Monday to Friday thing and actually still to this day I don't really know how I lost all that weight because (laughs) I would do I would do a Monday to Friday really good and then I'd have wine yeah wine and pizza and chocolate on a weekend I mean it was only it was only on Saturday night and then I kind of carried on again on Sunday yeah but I did have two years of just doing a Monday to Friday diet and then a weekend yeah. I was fairly relaxed. Yeah. But then I, in a way, I'm, I'm glad that it, it happened that way because I think it's helped me with a balance now. Yeah. I still I would still would try and encourage people to have a weekend flexibility. Yeah. But 
when me and you started working together, that is when I first learned the importance of consistency. Yeah, it's it comes down to the food that you are eating as well. I know, it, like I say, it's all about calories in, cal- calories out, but the there's nutritionally dense food and then there's ones that, like I say, you're having a, a chocolate bar or, or whatever that is for 500 calories. Like, you could have a whole meal for that. Yeah. So that tends to be a misconception when clients come and say oh well this is loads of food yeah it is it is more like if you piled it up yeah it is more food but there's like it's less calorie dense foods that you are eating so it seems like more you've got more volume essentially yeah because at the minute let's say if if someone's got a busy life and maybe they for breakfast they grab a piece of toast on the way out and then maybe they won't eat again until lunch and it's like a a cracker or something and then yeah. they have a chocolate bar in the afternoon and then maybe an evening meal and then snacks in an evening yeah so it do, that doesn't seem like a lot of food so when yeah. you say to people actually this is what you should be having for breakfast and then if you're hungry in the morning have this as your snack have this yeah. for lunch your periods of eating so the time that you're going to be eating will seem like a lot more yeah yeah absolutely like you say you've got more volume of food there because it is just l- lower calorie dense foods so you can have you can have more, essentially, which is a good thing. Want yeah. to be in as as much volume as possible, um, whilst working towards your goals. So if that's if that's to if that's fat loss, then I'd say we want to be eating as much volume as we can, so that we've got so you're not feeling hungry, essentially, because nobody wants that. No. When let's say if you've got new clients um, and their goal is fat loss, yeah, do you encourage them to? do everything at once like get get their food on track get their training on track do you set everything for them and you're there to to oversee everything or would you say right let's let's look at training first let's do nutrition first and do like gradual yeah I think I think when I first started as a PT it was very much like when we were doing like the eight weeks thing when you've got an eight week big massive goal like you had for instance yeah as long as I make it clear to you, this is what you've got to do, and yeah. it's going to be hard. Like you want to lose X amount of weight in eight weeks to fit in your dress. Absolutely brilliant. I'm I'm happy to work with you on that. But what I need to let you know is it's going to be a bit sucky. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going to have to. And I'm I've got more confident over the years in saying this sort of stuff to yeah. clients. It's going to suck. Like you're going to have to change your diet. You're going to have to change you you're gonna have to really start to train hard you're potentially gonna have to increase and like put some cardio in there steps are gonna output's gonna have to be higher through steps things like that so as long as you make that clear to them if that's your goal that's fine yeah but we're gonna have your this is what you're gonna have to do to to get there where where i can speak to clients and say okay like a little lifestyle change will make a difference and they haven't got such a time-bound set goal then yeah absolutely I will say we don't have to go ham all in at once like if you've never trained before I'm not going to stick you on five sessions a week yeah like because it's just not going to happen yeah like it's just not going to happen so let's start with two like let's start with two get the habit of going to the gym twice brilliant after four weeks let's look at it again can you go a third time brilliant okay let's add another session in like and it is just about it's all down to that program program progression can't say that one um that was a bit of a tongue twister (laughs) 
Um, it's all down to that again. It's just increasing frequency, increasing the intensity. You could do it in a number of different ways. But yeah, like to answer your question, you do not have to go everything all at once. And it might just be a little bit of advice on the nutrition front to start off with rather than just changing. And you do not have to change someone's whole lifestyle no. or whole eating habits. You can take someone's food diary. What yeah, what do we eat in a week? Let's just make, let's just play around with that. Yeah. We don't have to take your your cereal out in the morning. You can still have your cereal, but it might just be a little bit of a smaller portion or you might want to have semi skimmed milk instead of instead of full fat milk like little changes yeah. like that that you can do that will make just taking sh- sugary drinks out of someone's diet can make a 500 calorie difference a day sometimes yeah, yeah like, it is all about lifestyle tweaks isn't it like yeah. i think like yeah you you nailed it then when um i think from experience now i will have people come in and i encourage them to not change everything all in one go yeah. because so many times people will, will want to go They'll have this idea in their head, like, I want to achieve this. I'm like, great, it's really good to have a goal. Yeah. But you have to be realistic. Like, yeah. you, you probably aren't going to reach that goal in the time frame that you're expecting. Yeah. And you probably... It, the journey to get there probably isn't going to look yeah. how it looks in your head. Yeah. Um. So I will always encourage people, if they come, if they sign up at the gym, I'm like, great. I just want to get them in. I want to keep them in this consistent habit yeah. first. Um. And then maybe by about week two, week three, I'll say, how's nutrition? Yeah. and then yeah, we start then to get to get it. that yeah. in because but you get to know people as well I think yeah. like after a certain number of weeks you get to know and it, again from just yeah learning throughout the years like people and, and my own lifestyle and work changes like everybody's different and people's schedules affect massively yeah. like on what their what their nutrition looks like what they're able to do like some people work very demanding jobs like where if they're I don't know if they're in like building or construction or something like that they can't go and warm up their food in the microwave like so don't don't say to them oh you've got to go and have chicken and rice and veg because they'll be having cold chicken and rice and veg yeah exactly you don't you don't want to make someone's life miserable yeah no no because they won't stick to it so yeah I think like you said a few weeks with someone learning about them and and like gathering information from them on their current habits and then working with that so you're not flipping someone's life upside down because yeah like i say they they can't maintain it no and i think something that's important to remember as well is that if someone did want to diet the point of it is to improve their quality of life or to to, well yeah yeah so you don't want to be making if you are deciding to diet, it, you've got to. It's got to be for a good reason, or the yeah. right reason, yeah. and not to Absolutely. starve yourself. Yeah. To, to change the way you look. Most success I've had with clients is where they've been out, and it's it's a diet for like. I don't mean a diet as in like a, a calorie deficit for life. I mean like that is their diet moving forward. Yeah. So they, they not saying they have to be in deficit forever, but they can maintain that. Yeah. Um, and it's habit change for life rather than I'm dieting for eight weeks and then I can't physically do this anymore so I'm going to go back to what I was doing before yeah it's something that they can yeah just implement into their life whether it's with and the rest of their families and they can eat the stuff that they're eating as well and yeah it's it's the it's a whole lifestyle change yeah that exactly what I was going to say lifestyle change um one of the questions I've got for you is um so I think when I look at your Instagram 
I, I think you stay in very good shape all year round. <laughs> and I knew you were going to laugh at that. <laughs> I, I was thinking she's not going to agree. But you do. Like, you, yeah. you look... You, and whether that's just because your years of training, like you just you do look like you train. Yeah. How do you stay in shape all year? Do you think? Well, I would disagree. With better, <laughs> well, you can't. <laughs> I can't disagree. <laughs> this is your podcast. I can't disagree. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going back to what I just said. It's my lifestyle. Like this is. If I didn't go to the gym or if I didn't move my body, and that is something I value so much now. Like, if I had to write my values on my list, it would, or the things that I'm most grateful for, moving my body every day would be number one. Yeah. Because if I didn't do that, I think I'd lose the plot more than I already have. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's that. It's just become part of my lifestyle. It's part of what I do every single day is being able to move, being able to walk. I'm just so grateful for those those things and progressing every single day with training. And yeah, in terms obviously the nutrition element is is a massive part and I will admit to times that I've been pretty poor with nutrition, but I've I've maintained like like I say movement in my life and yeah. I, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much what it comes down to the fact that it's just implemented into my lifestyle so it just becomes easier yeah to maintain to maintain like the physique that you've got you've got a really good mindset as well so I think like I know one of the things that you have with um was that it doesn't have to be perfect oh god no and like nothing ever is going to be perfect so even if like I said if you've got this vision right I'm going to do this every single day I'm going to do that yeah and if if you miss a day or if you have a weekend of of food that maybe wasn't the plan to have that and then you wake up on a Monday and feel guilty you've always taught me like just carry on keep going um so I think that's probably something that's helped you in a way to make this a lifestyle yeah absolutely and I, I used to feel so bad when I missed a day I used to feel awful. Like when I first started, I was like, "Oh, I've lost all my gains." Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've missed a day. The muscles just gonna drop off me. Uh, but I don't think like that at all now. I've had spells within, obviously, lockdown. Like was tough for everybody. Yeah. I think that probably made people realise it's okay not to be optimal. Like yeah. we're not in the gym and we haven't got access to all the machines and all the fancy equipment that we think that we need. We can just grab a pair of dumbbells and just move. Yeah, like I was in the best shape of my life in lockdown. Like, I don't even <laughs> tell me about it. I don't even know how that happened. Oh, but... All I was doing was headstands and a bit of yoga, and I was in great shape. Yeah. No, I think that did teach people a lot of that. It hasn't doesn't have to be like access to everything absolutely perfect training session down to a t like and there's been times over the when i've been traveling or like i say when i've been in australia and i've had a busy lifestyle that i've probably been to the gym once a week and it's still been fine like i say it's all down to just making sure that you keep moving your body and over over the period of seven years i have been consistent not every single week but yeah throughout the year if you look at the year as a whole I've probably there's not been many days where I haven't hit my 10,000 steps or I haven't done something whether it is yoga pilates training session whatever that looks like I've just tried to make sure that I do move my body something yeah Yeah. and that's it something is always better than nothing and that's what I remind beginners as well is that you're not going to be able to do everything yeah and even if you are I think sometimes 
it's difficult as a beginner, but I do also love, I love having a new person in the gym because yeah. I think it's such an exciting time. Like there's yeah. so much that they can learn and so much they can do. I do think the reward for a beginner is is a lot more as well. You, you get a lot more out of the effort you put in. Yeah. Whereas like the more... It gets harder. Yeah, it does. It does it's hard harder. to see results now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I personally don't think my body's changed, even though I have done progression in the gym. I don't think my body's changed in a good while now. And I'm okay with that. Like I don't... Like I say, when I started, I saw... I must have... I felt like I was growing twice the size every time I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, oh, when are my arms going to stop growing? <laughs> um, but now I, I don't think I've changed in a long time and that's that's okay. Now I try and focus more on the performance yeah. elements and not look at look at the aesthetic goals like in terms of my body as nowhere near as much as I used to. Like now it's all about performance and being able to move well, do cool things like handstands. Yeah. I've held it for six seconds this morning. Oh my record. gosh. <laughs> well, that's a lot longer than my handstand. <laughs> so yours are good, yours are good. No, not my, well, the wall walk's all right, but my handstand, I've never attempted again since I fell off the wall. Like yeah. literally just fell to the floor, crumbled. Maybe we need to practice that. No, thanks. <laughs> I'm never I'm traumatized. But going back to one of the other points as well, like I think life is always gonna get in the way and I, it's the analogy of like the car and a tire might go, like a tire might pop because of something completely out of your control or life gets in the way or you can't go and train that day. But don't go and pop the other three tires by just completely like, oh well, if I can't do it at once then I'm just not gonna do it or if I can't get that meal in, then I'm just, just fuck it. I'm going to go and eat whatever. Yeah. Like, there's always something that you can control. Yes, there is going to be uncontrollables that gets in the way, but just take a step back. What can I control? What can I plan in to my week to, to still be able to move, to still be able to hit some nutrition goals, things like that. So don't, yeah, don't go popping all your tyres. No, I think that's a really good analogy. I like yeah, that analogy. I, I, yeah, I love that. I think there's another one as well. I, I said it Your recently. Oh yeah, I love that one. I made that into a video. <laughs> I, just, I was like, why is she holding some toilet roll? <laughs> it was even worse when like the the people in the office here were like walking past and I, as I was filming in the gym, and I'm just there with like a toilet roll in one hand and ripping it off with the other hand, and no, then at I the end that. I had to clear it away. No, it's, it does absolutely i love little like nugget I, i've got a note thing on my phone where because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and i just think and my memory is absolutely rubbish so i can never remember anything so when i hear something like that yep. i always like put a note in my phone yeah and then sometimes i'll just read them back and go oh yeah that's a that's a cool analogy yeah. like i like that and they that type of thing that's yeah, as long as I've got it in my phone, like I remember it. But I can't forget your toilet one. Well, no. Well, for <laughs> anyone anyone who doesn't know it, you either need to head to Instagram and find the cover photo of me holding <laughs> a toilet roll, or a quick summary. If if you think of your goal as the toilet roll, you're not going to get to the empty toilet roll cardboard thing within <laughs> within a day or two days or maybe not even two weeks. If you take one piece of toilet roll off each day, you're not going to notice it disappearing, but you are chipping away. And that is the same way to think about your goal. Like the actions that you take each day might not add up to that much visually, or even you might not feel like you're doing that much each day, but those small actions add up to that goal. Yeah. 
Absolutely. No, I love that. I think I explained it better in the video. Yeah. Yeah. So watch the video. <laughs> yeah, watch the video. Um, I want to come back to aesthetics. So you were saying yeah. about how you, you don't really think so much about how your body looks these days. Yeah. It's more what your body can do. There was a time when a lot of people would comment on your glutes. Like you yeah. were known, and probably they probably still do, to be fair. You were known for having a very good bum. Mm. Did how was that for you? <laughs> Did that make you feel good? <laughs> y- yes. Yes. I, there's I'm gonna sound like I don't know what whether I'm gonna sound like a bit of a knob here. But some after obviously it was nice it's brilliant at the start and I love people it's always lovely to get compliments it's lovely and I did work hard for what for that bum for the bum you did (laughs) I did work hard (laughs) but after I think sometimes I get a bit of a complex about it that that's all people see because it is the first thing and that's completely normal it's not anyone trying to like intentionally make me feel like that I just feel like oh is that all I've got going on yeah it's my- <laughs> no, I know what you mean I know what you mean I've got really I'm really smart got all kinds no I yeah I don't, that's what makes me sound really ungrateful like because no it that's doesn't what a lot of girls do want is a big bomb and but yeah at the same time I do get a bit of a complex like is that all I am I don't think so. I think you are much <laughs> Am more. I just my bum? <laughs> you are much more than just the bum. But while we're on glutes, what yeah. are your what are your top glute exercises? What what made you think, or what do you think contributed to your glute growth? Glutes. Yeah. Well, I'm always going to say consistency is number one. So just being consistent with your training. Um, number two would be mind muscle connection, like. Uh, I know there's been like different scientific tests on on this and there's more coming out about my muscle connection but for me it just seems to seems to be like a big factor like making sure that I'm being intentional with what muscle that I'm working and or can I can I feel that working am I in the right place like I'm in the right position is my form good all of those sorts of things that I think about when I'm I'm doing different exercises and then yeah lifting lifting heavy and pushing myself is is the other one so lifting heavy on things like hip thrusts would be number one like mm-hmm. everybody's doing them now which is great and a lot heavier than i could do those. <laughs> no everyone's doing them which is brilliant and bulgarian split squats and my other ones because oh. they're my I mean, horrible they're actually one of my favorites and everyone's like oh they're horrible no they are horrible. they are absolutely brilliant and yeah lifting heavy on those progressing doing correct form all of those things consistently as what's what's worked for me yeah and not being and again not being afraid to eat some food because you're not going to grow the muscle without fueling yourself either in maintenance or a surplus at least so yeah not being able to eat the food as well which yeah that's cereal I had to put it down to all the cereal. No, yeah, lots of cereal. <laughs> cereal and consistency is what you need. Yeah, you heard it here first. That's what you need. <laughs> so I haven't actually got any more questions. Did you have any questions for me? Any questions? I was thinking about this on the way, and now they've all gone out of my head. I was so. What made so you'd obviously lost quite a bit of weight before you came to me? So what made you 
get a personal trainer at the start? Um, so I felt like I could do more. I think I was I was a bit bored of cardio. I'd done a lot of cardio. I'd done some walking. I'd done some swimming. I'd been cycling. I'd done some. Uh, I got my five kilo dumbbells in the living room, and I was doing like a, a Davina yeah, DVD. Yeah, you're really good. So I just felt like I wanted to to try something. And I was a member of Nuffield at the time, but I wasn't really sure what I was doing in the gym. Like I could probably just guess. But I thought, okay, I've already. I think it's because I'd already put some effort into to getting somewhere, and I wasn't really expecting to. Yeah, I wasn't even expecting to lose weight. I don't even. I just woke up one day and I was like, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I had no expectations. I just thought I'm gonna try. Mm. So then I think going through. I think I'd lost five stone when I came to you, and then I just I felt as if, in fact, probably back then it was probably that I wanted to tone up. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say that now. And now I'd be like, I want to get muscly. <laughs> I want to put on some size. Yeah. But yeah, back then I think it was I want to tone up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like I said, I just wondered because you were doing so well on your own. Yeah. But then, like you said, you're always going to... There's always more that you can learn from a PT. And I advise... Obviously, I'm going to say this. I advise <laughs> anyone to go with a PT, even if it's just at the start for a few sessions. Like, it's really good for someone I, I do it now with even my rehab coach that I send him videos and he looks at my form on things and he'll pick out things that I've been lifting for seven eight years but he still think he still picks out things yeah. it's really good to get people to look at look at your form and and help you with programming help you push yourself that's always a big one um because I, yeah, I remember that time I did push you a little bit too far, didn't I? Do you remember that? There, there was a few times. <laughs> which time are you thinking? And I'll tell you which well, time I'm thinking. I was thinking of that time. I can't remember. That I cried. Yeah. <laughs> so what? What? Tell me what. Obviously, we've spoken okay. about it since. But what was what was going on there? Because that was when that was back at Shape You in the Eaton, wasn't it? Um. Was that the time? Oh, I'm about? thinking of another time. Oh, <laughs> I'm thinking of a time I don't where make I actually people cry all the time. By the way, just me apparently. <laughs> um, no, I was thinking of a time on leg extension. Okay. And I'm sure. Actually, I think Victoria was there. It was when oh, we yeah, we yeah. paired up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we we had to do like a hundred reps. It was like a drop set. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. And I'm I'm sure. I, okay, I think I remember that. And then I think mine was like you were doing a circuit and you just. You were just... just, just had a breakdown. <laughs> okay, yeah, I think I do remember. Because so, what, I, so what was, yeah, what was... On the leg extension time, what was what was sort of going through your head? Why did that sort of trigger? Um, I think... So I, th- I guess it's because mentally we're probably more likely to stop, well, we are more likely yeah. to stop when we don't need to. So our body yeah. could, could take more yeah. and it's, yeah. it's the mental side. So I think it was that there was a voice in my head to, to tell me to stop. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to stop. I'm quite yeah. stubborn. So I yeah. think it was like a, I don't want to give up, um, but this is yeah, hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, since I've had, I've had people cry on, like, on me in sessions yeah. and it's not that I, obviously I don't want to see people crying, but yeah. it is a, it is a good sign. It's a, yeah, like when absolutely. someone is out of their comfort zone and yeah. when they are being pushed and like, it, that is like a maximum yeah. push. Yeah. That and if they're thinking I can't handle it anymore, yeah. Um, mentally, I think that is a good position because they're going to be stronger. Yeah. yeah I don't want absolutely. to make people cry. No, it's not nice as a PT, and I've had a couple of other people. I'm going to sound really bad now. Like I make everyone cry. <laughs> Stacey will listen to this, and she'll know because I made her cry. 
cry as well. Um, yeah, no, it is, it is, it's not nice as a PT. It's not nice for the, for the client. And it's definitely not nice for the PT. Like, we don't want clients to cry on us. But it does, like you say, it, sh- it shows, I think, mental strength when you get past that point. And it's okay to let out your emotions. Like, yeah. it's a... It's a you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position when you go into failure or you're pushing yourself that much yeah. or you're pushing past something that you didn't think that you could do or you like you said you've got conflicting like your your body's t- uh, your mind's telling you stop 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 and like it's it's a vulnerable place to be so yeah it's so it's okay to cry yeah um and yeah to g- just get past that but yeah it's, it's yeah I'm, I'm trying I've to think a few people of... <laughs> I think I do remember because I think you messaged me afterwards. Yeah, I, I feel awful afterwards, like when someone gets upset, <laughs> and I don't I really do. <laughs> I really do, and yeah, it's it. But like, no one's. I think those are the times that we re- we remember, like those. But there's been so many other sessions where you've walked out smiling, and it's been yeah, it's been great. So yeah, don't. But yeah, we can we can look at, look back at it now. And, and laugh at it. Sometimes. Oh yeah, it's funny now. <laughs> I think I'm wondering if, if it was, because I mean the sessions that we did together were hard. Like yeah, it was, absolutely. you always pushed me, and yeah. that's probably the first time I ever really started to think, okay, I can do a lot. Do more. Like I, yeah, yeah I am fit. Yeah. Like that thing that was when I was like, I realised that I could push myself. Yeah, I think you'd been so stuck in the mindset of how you were before, like you lost the weight that like you say you don't realize what you can do until yeah. someone pushes you yeah and you can do so 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 much more than you ever think yeah and i uh, i see this with with people now and myself like even that word of, of going towards near like towards failure like people i think i think i read something where people do like if you talk about an rp scale so like rate of perceived exertion like zero being i'm just sat here don't feel anything 10 being i'm on the floor i physically can't do anymore <laughs> i think people like are so way off the mark like they'll say oh yeah i'm at an eight nine can't yeah. do anymore and i'm like no you're at five yeah like, <laughs> people are rubbish at recognizing when they're at failure yeah they really are rubbish at it so that's why like with my training and my clients like I like to incorporate lots of things like like cluster sets drop sets like supersets because they do push you that little bit further yeah and they do push you past the point of thinking oh yeah well I could have only done eight reps on that well no we're going to do eight reps then we're going to drop the weight and we're going to do more <laughs> like that's what I like those sorts of different training techniques for that because it helps the client push past the place so like with you on that leg extension it was drop set and you think after the first 10 reps I physically can't do any more but yeah. no we're going to drop the weight and we're going to do another 20 like and yeah you just think and then by the end you're like oh my god I've done I've done it yeah and I think <laughs> sometimes that is why I, I got tearful I think it was like a almost like a relief yeah i think i did get i don't cry so much now maybe i need to start training with you again maybe i need to i need to come for well, some I'm training sessions the the world now, so. because i think it is like a like a probably like a relief like wow thank god that's done yeah also a pride thing like i can't believe i did that yeah so i think there was a lot of i think I sometimes maybe not so much now but back then when i first started strength training i probably did compare where I was to where I used to be quite a lot so thinking like oh no I I can't do things like this or I'm not strong enough for things like that 
and then it's it's when you when you put your trust in someone like I you always made me feel like I could I could do it like yeah. I never once thought oh no I won't be able to do it like I always knew I would yeah and I think it's that belief that yeah. someone else had in me yeah but, absolutely um, and you can well you can see that in yourself now like what you've achieved like for me it's absolutely well it's not surreal anymore but like seeing you here now like with what you've achieved and remembering like the girl that came to me who wanted to fit in a graduation dress yeah <laughs> like all them years ago like yeah like, you've I done know. incredible so like aside from the training element that you can push yourself more than ever now like even just life like business and and you personally like I do think like anything that you put your mind to you'll be able to do so like I think fitness played a part in that massively I think like being able to achieve things in fitness that I thought I wouldn't be able to do mm. just it kind of transfers to all areas of life I just in life now I just think yeah I can do that yeah I think fitness has ha- has been a big yeah. contribution to yeah, that. Yeah, just put your mindset to it, put the goal down, write what you need to do to get there, and just, yeah, like you said, tick them off. Like, just go for it, like you would with the training goal. You just go through the the, the, like, the programme or, or the process that you need to do, and you'll get there, whatever it is, like whether it is lifestyle or training. What is your favourite thing about being a personal trainer? I'm going to say the one that everybody else says, helping people. No, genuinely, like... <laughs> Mine is seeing people just, cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine is the, the, I, the benefits that I've got from training. I can... Someone else can get that. Like, it's just amazing. Mm. Like, the changes that you can see, both to your body and to your mind, like... It's just unreal. Like, I, I still can't get over it that you can do all that with your body. And yeah. You can do, like, it's, it's unreal. Like, even learning, like I say, more about my shoulder. But, like, learning about the mechanisms of what you can change and how you can build strength and all of that. Like, I, I want everybody to experience that. I want everybody to know that they don't... They can change their body if they want to. It doesn't have to all be about that, but you can if you want to. You can also change your mind. You can also get fitter. You can also run a... If you want to run a marathon, you can run a marathon. There is a process to it, but if whatever you want to do, like whether you're... Like I say, for me, I, I was, I'm never a runner, but I know that if I, if I wanted to run a marathon, I know that the process to do that, like I could do it. So, yeah, it's just having that confidence, I think, in your head that you can, like say, do, do anything that you want and and make changes if you want to make changes but I yeah I I want to pass on to anyone that I possibly can how good training is just for you in terms of the mind body everything everything so yeah I like that I agree I love it do you think we can do a podcast episode while you're in Australia I do I do it has to be very early in the morning oh in that case no <laughs> no Not early for you <laughs> me fine you can do that you can do your evenings i think we should do this as like a monthly thing okay we'll do a series (laughs) no i'd love to because like selfishly my one of my thing is around public speaking yes and i want to be better at public speaking because this again links links similar to training like i or nutrition I thought with public speech, I was so terrified of it, so terrified where I'd physically like clam up, like I couldn't speak, I'd lose my breath, I'd hyperventilate. It was it was awful, and 
I kept trying to do quick fixes for that. So I'd go on, I'd go on Google like ten things to do. Like if you're scared of public speaking, <laughs> it would be to like breathe, obviously. <laughs> so I tried that, <laughs> didn't work. Uh, it would be to have a bath, light a candle, like talk to. You. I did. I even did that. Um, that famous TED talk where Amy Cuddy talks about doing big, like open posture, like before you go into a room. Yeah. And, like. So I stood in the toilet, I put my hands up, like I was like, this isn't going to work. And none of it did work. Like I still felt the same. So I finally just gave in and thought, I've just got to keep doing it. I've just got to keep turning up and putting myself in a situation where I need to public speak. That's what I've got to do. And yeah, it's going to be awful the first 40 times. I don't know. It's going to be awful the first few times. But then... It will get, e- the more and more you do it, the easier and easier it will get. So that's what I've, I've just said to myself is, started it in 2022, I'm going to public speak as much as I can because I'm not having this debilitating feeling every time that I want to say something in a group or, I like I say, I want to put myself in a situation where I can give a speech or, or whatever. So I'm continuing that in, in 2023. So as many times as I can public speak or do something that's out of my comfort zone, I'm just gonna do it. It's so weird because you come across really confident. I, I thought you. Yeah. I didn't think you would have like a, a fear so of public speaking. Yeah, it was. I don't know what it was. I think I had a bad experience when I was in. I remember it. It was in year <laughs> five, and I was reading out a book. Like you know, when you go round the room and you yeah. read a chapter or read a paragraph each. I read one out and I think it was a panic attack. Like, if I look back at it now, I think it was genuinely a panic attack and I couldn't breathe and I was going <gasps> like this in, in this class. And yeah. obviously kids... Like, kids are horrible. horrible. Yeah. And I, I just remember just people saying awful stuff like about oh, that. that's and really sad. Of, it was very sad. Um, and yeah, from there, it just was... And because I avoided it at all costs, like at uni, I was like, oh, if we were doing group work and it was a presentation, I'd be like, oh, you read that bit. (laughs) I'd take the smallest bit, like throughout my life, I just avoided it at all costs. And then when I started to want to progress in my career and like I say, it was more opportunity to present or anything like that, I'd I just said to myself, well, now I've got to do something about it. Because if I want to get further in life, then it is just going to be part of yeah. it. And it is and it's a very, very important skill to have. Whether you are a, like a self-employed personal trainer or working within a business, I do think it's a good skill to have. So, yeah. Yeah, it might seem seem like it, but no, I've hyperventilated a lot. Wow. <laughs> You've done really well then to to get to this position that you're in now and like to to just yeah. I think saying yes is is really helpful isn't it to just just to try it. Yeah. Cuz like so many times you can you can paint a picture of how it could look in your head or you could be afraid of what might go wrong mm. and then it's easy to not try it because of those reasons. Oh, well, I can't do that because it's too scary. Yeah. And then you don't have a go at yeah, it. Yeah, that was it. I would create all these awful scenarios in my head like that of things that were going to happen like people going to throw mouldy fruit at me or something (laughs) never know (laughs) get off the (laughs) stage like no I created awful scenarios in my head and I was the one building it up like no one else had said anything about my public speaking and said oh so if you need to work nobody else had said that yeah I was saying this about myself and yeah, like I said, I tried all these quick fixes. I think I'd even tried like CBD oil and everything. Oh, wow. Someone said, oh, that'll calm yeah, me down. Uh, 
I tried wine. Like, <laughs> what, before? <laughs> yeah, at work under nine, the desk? 9am presentation, <laughs> I just love this glass of wine. <laughs> that didn't make me feel bad. No, you can't, you can't mask it with things like that. Like the quick fixes, the, yeah, they're all over the internet. Same again for nutrition and for fitness. Like, it, they don't work. No. They don't, that I'm telling you now, they do not work. Like, you, you just have to put the work in. And for me, with presenting, that was just doing it every single week like putting myself in a situation where I had to present so yeah and I continue with that I'm still yeah like I said a little bit down the journey and I have got a lot better but I know that there's a long way to go I think it's amazing yeah um one last question for you for today what is your biggest goal this year what's the main goal that you'll be working on this year I think yeah going back to like I say, going back to one-to-one PTN and really pushing myself with that, being confident now. I've got, I'm like I say, the last three years have been a massive, massive journey for me and I feel more confident in my ability as a PT and as a person more than ever and I want to be able to use that to help other people grow, my, grow even more myself, grow a business anything like that and just yeah just take this newfound confidence self-awareness self-worth and yeah enjoy life with it I think that's so yeah like I said it's been a bit of a journey but we're, we're here we made it well it's been amazing over the last hour and a half but also the last an six years this is, we've been chatting for an hour and a half also just six years in general so yeah. I'm excited to see this year like see yeah. Where, where you go this year and um yeah it's really excited to see what what australia has in store for you and one-to-one pt again i am going to put um sophie's instagram details below because i think we all just need to live <laughs> through your instagram over the next oh year God, it's going to be australian spam great I'm telling you. but no it's been amazing and just seeing what you have achieved like my mum goes on about you all the time she's like I've seen Chloe I'm like yes I've seen Chloe I do follow her that's so funny um, so, shout out to Katie I hope she's listening yeah no you have done extremely well and I don't think that the media obviously we will always do something together I think like I think we can me and you could do something in the future and yeah like I say let's, let's keep in touch throughout Australia I'm sure we will and yeah when i'm when i'm back we'll do this again yeah part two stay tuned for part two thanks so thank you if you would like some help with anything that i mentioned on these episodes please don't hesitate to get in touch also tag me if you share this on social media on instagram you can find me at underscore chloe longstaff and feel free to share this with a friend review on spotify and follow me for more motivation and support